There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Love is the law. It rhymes with Aaron Gobra. That's what we're saying today, right? St. Patrick's Day? What are you saying? Aaron Gobra, isn't that what they say? That's exactly right. Uh, I'm not Irish. My wife is half Irish. That means my son is a quarter Irish. So I'm celebrating. I'm wearing the green. You didn't didn't work on your Irish uh, brogue or anything. uh, No, but I I understand I might be seeing Kieran Follard later today. That might be nice. There you go. Maybe I'll I'll sprinkle in some Irish music. Please, I would like the Dropkick Murphys. Okay, I got some of that. And I've got St. Patrick's Day pickup lines. For people at the end of the show, they were so successful last year, including a couple of naughty ones that I might have to edit oh, out. But surprise, they were, surprise. They were, they were very popular, and I have saved these uh, pickup lines for a whole year to bring them to you. I, I was so impressed with your filing. Lori has the most amazing filing system, Rocco. <laughs> really? You really, you would die. It's an old hotel sales system. Yeah. system. Nice. Okay, um... Happy birthday, Kurt Russell. You know, he is a St. Patrick's Day birthday, and this is the big one, 70. Mm-hmm. And Holly posted a movie montage of mm-hmm. Kurt, and I thought, if you think you've run out of things to watch, go and look at this list right. and ask yourself if you've seen Kurt Russell in all... This didn't include any of his early kid Disney, you know, the computer or oh, tennis right. shoes. No, the Shaggy DA. The Shaggy I mean, DA. all of the good ones. But uh, he was in a movie with Sylvester Stallone in 1989 that was classic, Tango and Cash. Loved it. Miracle, replayed her Brooks in 2004, was well, I robbed. Have, I might have to play that. We have that handy somewhere. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Tombstone, where he was the Wyatt Earp to Val Kilmer's Doc mm-hmm. Holiday. That's a great movie. The Thing, which Casey and I just watched during the pandemic at yep. some point, 1982, John Carpenter. Oh. It's it's a really good... Is it really? It, There's yeah, no they're, way. they're on, like, uh, I don't know if they're in the moon or what, what cold place they're uh, at. I want to say Antarctica or Antarctica, something like that. Antarctica, maybe that's it. And then he also did, well, he did two back-to-back John Carpenter movies, because he's in a great movie called Escape from New York in 1981. That was a great movie. Good movie. That was a great movie. Backdraft, oh, 1991. That was a great movie, great movie, too, Ron Howard. And maybe you've never seen the movie Silkwood with mm. Kurt Russell, Cher, and Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep had just won her Oscar for Sophie's Choice. I forgot he was in that. And he's That is a great movie, and that yep. was the screenplay Nora Ephron directed by Mike Nichols. That is a movie that holds up. Yeah, and he, his lifetime partner is Goldie Hawn. And so for some reason today, I went back... And I watched a Goldie Hawn, Johnny Carson 
interview, interview yeah. from way back when Private Ryan was just coming out, and she exec- Benjamin. Benjamin, excuse me, mm-hmm. and she executive produced Private Benjamin, and that is a great movie too. Yes, and she was talking to him, and he says, "I understand you love to, you know, talk to astrologists." astrologers or whatever they're called and 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 she's like yes i really do i take a lot of advice from and and, because they're both scorpios johnny carson and goldie hunt are Mm -hmm. both scorpios and she's like i really do and have you done it johnny and he's like no No. it's not my thing and she goes well i asked him he goes well did you ask him if the movie's going to be successful and she goes no or if you were going to be a success she goes never about that i asked him if i was going to marry the guy i was dating and I mean, that's just so funny in the times. And she's like, and he's like, well, what'd she say? She said, yes, you are going to marry him. But she forgot to tell me I'm also going to divorce him. And they, it's Bill, what, you know, Bill, Bill Hudson. Hudson. And so then she goes on to say, and he's like, well, you know, that's that. And she went on to talk about how free it was to do her own movie, make her own money. And now she doesn't have to ask anyone if she can buy a dress. Think of the side, the times, you know, that's like 19... 19- when was that? 81 or two, something like that. And so that was her thing. I'm so excited. I don't have to ask anyone if I can spend my own money. Well, that is something when you commingle money. Yeah. People do have different uh, standards or whatever. And some people are really, they don't want you buying anything. So if you're not commingling money with anyone, whether you're married or long time, you don't have to ask. You don't have to ask anybody. It is a lovely thing. It is a lovely thing. You just have half of that commingle. (laughs) <laughs> to maybe, spend maybe but it's still it's all yours and no it one is. can tell you what she to was do just with it. she's really cute they're they're a cute cute couple yeah so, um so Laura, we'll you didn't even mention kid. 1979 he played elvis yeah <gasps> that's right with his uh, then wife uh hubbly hubbly season hubbly played the priscilla she dropped out after see she was on family yeah and um she was beautiful yeah I didn't. Beautiful. I didn't mention that one, and I didn't mention the hateful eight, oh, which I, I hated. You, I really liked that one. I, he was in the last two Tarantino. He was briefly in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Remember? Did I you see that one? Remember? Yeah, oh, I was yeah, just watching a little twice. bit the other night. He. It's when um, uh, Brad Pitt's character is fighting Bruce Lee, and that's he's kind of the guy. Is oh. like, nope, you got to get out of here. Oh, that's, yeah, that's right. right. My wife hates right. you. That's right. Okay, we're yeah. talking about Chris. I forgot he was in there too. Mm-hmm. But uh, hateful eight, uh, yeah, it's not for everybody. But I thought that was pretty great. Yeah, movie. I wanted to stab everybody in it <laughs> by the end of it. Did you ever see that? Oh heavens, no! no. Lord, look at me. No. Well, you I, like I, you know what I Tarantino. You know, you know what I'm catching up on a little bit. Hmm. The Crown. Now Finally. I'm on episode three. Wow. Season four. Yeah. This is the Diana the and Charles. Is seriously good. That's why those people, the Diana and Seriously Charles and, good. and uh, Margaret Thatcher, Jillian Anderson are winning everything. Wow. It's so very good. So people haven't watched it because I, I blew it off when it came out because I was so sick after season three. But boy, that that's good acting. It is. It's good. It mm-hmm. really, really is. And it makes it even more like when Harry said, I can I find it easier to watch The Crown than deal with the made up stories about my wife and my life. <sighs> Think about that, and you haven't even seen. No, I haven't. No, the scandalous right. stuff that's coming. No, I haven't. Where you know, and you're like, well, that is really something for him to say that. Yeah, I, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, if, do yourself a favor if you're a fan of Louis Anderson, go to Conan O'Brien's YouTube page. Uh, Louis was on for 20 minutes with uh, Conan. He just has a half hour show. I laughed the entire. Thing he is so smooth, so good, just so, so easy, funny. Yep, and um, 
you know, he's got a small part, basically a part at the McDonald's like he did in Coming to America. Coming to America, too. Did you finish watching it? No, I have to go back and watch this. He's serving um, the king, you know, Eddie and his family, whatever his character's name is, the new McDonald's, but it's not McDonald's, but the new wonderful grass-fed grass That's burger right. That's right. it is hysterical funny. but he you know he can't wait to get out and do comedy shows and did you guys watch baskets yes i watched the first season he is unbelievable he's in so that show. good and conan wanted to talk to him about his mom and he just went on and on about how just naturally funny his mom was and Conan could hardly contain himself, and neither could the staff. I love that. You could just tell that Conan is like, this guy's everything. And he's trying to lose some weight so he can fit into his mom's clothes again. He's at 350, and he needs to get to 275 to fit in his mom's dress. <laughs> but he's down from 375 <laughs> during COVID. Anyway, he's I just, fun. He's I dry. Love him. He is so funny. It was just kind of like, oh, I was... Um, it's good to laugh. Yeah, good to laugh. And I was just kind of doing some putsy stuff, and I was just like, ah. Oh, Let's see. And I saw who was on some of the other late night shows. Mm-hmm. And, I'm like, and then I'm like, Louis on Conan? Because mm-hmm. he hasn't really done any uh, interviews for Coming no, to America. Didn't. No. It was Eddie, Eddie Mar- Murphy was doing everything. And Arsenio which, Hall. Yeah, right. which they're the stars. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. All right, listen, we got to go. When we come back, it's our story that we can't get enough of. And uh, basically, uh, uh Somebody is in a hole and is digging it bigger, and we're just wondering when a certain network is just going to put an end to it all. Hey, everybody, stop your um, dancing and clog dancing right right this second, and uh, let's get to our story we can't get enough of. So I'll just set the table before we go into Gail King bringing us yet another exclusive at CBS reporting on her own network. I love Um, it. Love love it. it. So following Oprah's interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle uh, last week, Markle's number one bully, Pierce Morgan, uh, stormed off the set of Good Morning uh, Britain when he was called out for his attacks on her. And not everyone was celebrating Sharon Osbourne decided um use your platform on the talk and on twitter because nothing happens if it doesn't happen on twitter also um to defend pierce and she wanted to be a good friend to him and appear as like you know she's really making a bold statement in claiming that his treatment of her is not racist or sexist which if she'd even bothered to look at anything he's even tweeted in the last two years it's quite shocking it's he's the really, stuff he yeah. said so she was dragged and instead of taking it on the chin like the good mediocre talk show host that she is jules she decided that she would freak out on the air and then attacked and threw her co-worker a black woman cheryl underwood under the bus in the right. process and um, the new co-host, Elaine Welteroth, mm-hmm. who was hired in January with Amanda Klutz, looked on in horror. And Elaine is, if you have seen photos, she was on Project Runway and she was the editor at Teen Vogue. Right. Very well liked. And she's the one who, after that episode that day. Last Wednesday. Last mm-hmm. Wednesday, went and complained to CBS, she and her hairstylist, that it was a a, a racially abusive situation and on set. the set. And, yep. 
It was a hostile environment mm-hmm. and racially insensitive. She's okay. the one. That's how it started. So okay. Sharon Osborne uh, is against the rope. And I mean, yesterday she had Kevin Frazier from Entertainment Tonight come to her house. Wah, 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 wah. Sit down and interview her. Oh, she just was just first she was blaming uh, uh, the producers. Then she was blaming, 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 blaming everywhere except looking at her own actions. I kind of felt bad for Kevin Frazier. Because he's the black guy from right, entertainment right, right, tonight. Right. He's having to try and, you know. Talk to her about racism and why she what she did wrong there. And she's really not owning up to it. But she did say she feels terribly bad about how she treated her friend. She did She feels that. terribly bad that she did it on live TV. <laughs> Lord, yeah, okay, that's what she feels, she feels bad about. She feels terribly bad because she was so busted. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's... Here's uh, Gail King. Uh, or it's not Gail King. It's John Vigliotti reporting for CBS This okay. Morning. The hit daytime show, The Talk, is on pause for another week after a very heated on-air debate about race. CBS Entertainment produces this show, and our company is now investigating claims that co-host Sharon Osbourne used offensive language toward her colleagues last week. And now there are allegations that for years she used crude slang terms to describe other co-hosts. Jonathan Bigliotti is outside The Talk studio in Los Angeles with more on this story. Jonathan, good morning. And good morning to you, Gail. This is where the talk should be filming today, but its return, as you mentioned, has been put on hold. Sharon Osbourne came under fire last week after defending her friend and British television host, Pierce Morgan, who, as you recall, is accused of using insensitive language while talking about Meghan Markle. How can I be racist about anybody or anything in my life? How can I? Well, 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 I well what? We will be right well, back. What? We have more topics, so don't go away. And I think we don't should go. stop this. Drama on the talk <sighs> unfolded in front of cameras last week between co-hosts Sharon Osbourne and Cheryl Underwood. I am asking you again, and don't try and cry, because if anyone should be crying, it should be me. Oh. Educate me. Tell me when you have heard him say racist things. Educate me. Tell me. It, it is not the exact words of racism. It's the implication and the reaction to it. Following that heated confrontation, Osborne told Entertainment Tonight's Kevin Frazier on Tuesday that she reached out to Underwood. I love Cheryl. I love Cheryl. I've apologized to Cheryl. She's not gotten back and I I can understand Cheryl needs her time. Do you understand how people could look at and say, you telling her not to cry? could look like you are attacking Cheryl. Oh, I was having I was having a go at my friend. I should never have dismissed her feelings on national TV. Ever. But I'd I say it, I have to own it. Yeah. They pay him for his opinion. Again, it's, then going yeah. back to defending yes, yes, Pierce, yes. I would say Sharon has a problem she has created. Oh, 100%. And she keeps creating it, and everybody else is suffering because now they're on, not on a hiatus just for two days, but until at least next week. And under investigation. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
investigation. Under investigation. So everybody's job is suffering and not getting paid, and it's going against everybody. But one of the things I think that Sharon Osborne does is that she just keeps putting it back on everybody else, like what you said, Lori. Um, yeah. She's not, you know, she loves Cheryl. She loves that. But but I tell me again what he did that's racist. But her way that she's blaming the producers that she didn't know it was on the cards. Every she's time t- she opens her mouth to confirm mouth to confirm she's not racist, she does the exact opposite. She just and and she has a history of this. I mean, you know, on the X Factor, uh, she uh, left under a cloud of being very difficult to work with UK, the X factor Mm -hmm. UK. And um, uh, then she came out her publicist about, she fired off a cease and desist to Holly Robinson, Pete. She's threatening legal action against Leah Remini and other people who talked to Yashir Ali at the Hollywood. And these are former talk co-hosts that are no longer there that say the reason that they are no longer there is because of Of Sharon Sharon Osbourne. Osbourne. And again, it is never a good look. When when a white person is trying to define racism while being accused of racism right there, there's a conflict of interest with themselves and she just can't see it. And here's the rest of John Vigliotti's report. All right. The confrontation on the set of the talk happened after Osborne defended Pierce Morgan. I'm sorry, I don't believe a word she says. Who unapologetically brushed away Meghan Markle's claims that members of the royal family dismissed her mental health and also expressed concerns about the color of her son's skin. Sorry, can't do that. NPR media correspondent David Falkenflick says Osborne's comments came off as tone deaf. To be oblivious to the context in which Morgan made his remarks, the dismissiveness he had for some of his uh, colleagues and commentators, particularly those of color, it cuts against the moment we're currently living in. Osborne is also facing new allegations of using racist language about former colleagues on the talk. Journalist Yashar Ali says he spoke to multiple sources who claim Osborne used racial slurs to describe former co-host Julie Chen. The same article alleges Osborne used homophobic language toward former co-host Sarah Gilbert, who is openly gay. In a tweet, former co-host Holly Robinson-Pete claimed Osborne called her too ghetto and eventually got her fired from the show. Osborne denies Pete's claims. I, I think there's... And CBS News did reach out to Gilbert and Chen for comment. We have not heard back. Osborne's publicist yeah, I think, did release Well, I think Sharon it. also knows and sees the writing on the wall because in an interview she says, I will keep on apologizing to my friend Cheryl Underwood. Even if I decide not to go back, I will see, still keep apologizing to her. I have nothing but respect, so much affection. I don't want to hurt her. Well, blah, blah, blah. I mean, she's a bigger, <laughs> she's making a bigger deal about being called a racist than understanding why she, her actions were racist and why she couldn't condemn Pierce. Cheryl Underwood was on Steve Harvey's podcast and she said, This came up the last time Pierce Morgan was on our show a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. I asked him directly, why are you so racist towards Meghan Markle? And he said, it's not about race. And she said to him, yes, it is. Right? It's about her being black and you're treating like her like that. And she thought the next day they would have a conversation right. about racism, uh, racism on the show. But no. And she said, we've had our first conversation about racism. And I've been here for, you know, since Over- season two. And, and it's, it's been season on, 11. Yeah. So anyway, in the end, it'll be good. But I think I think Sharon's gone. I do, too. Yep. I do, too. And she basically said...
Oh my gosh, 80s flashback, yes. The Emperor's New Clothes by Sinead. That's epic, Rocco. Irish music. I happy St. Patrick's Day. Love that song, Happy St. Patrick's Day. And yep. we are very happy, our very own leprechaun. Um, Larry Farr is uh, with us and he's got his... Uh, Get Growing with Larry Farr, and we see him on uh, KSDP and Twin Cities Live. And yep. Larry, it's good to talk to you because it means it's spring. Happy St. Patrick's Day. You know, three days, three days until the calendar tells us it's spring. I can't wait. I know. Okay, what should we be looking at right now and getting what, ready? Yeah, what, give, give us would-be gardeners, your lifelong gardener. Um, give, give us uh, a couple of things we can do and start easy. Um, right now, this is all about indoor seed starting. Um, really easy to do if you have the right equipment. And uh, by right equipment, you really need to have the containers, um, uh, seed starting mix, and I really recommend you have some kind of grow light when you're starting seeds indoors. Um, a south or west window can work. It doesn't work as well. So you really just need a grow light, and now is the time you would start seeding Oh, tomatoes, um, you could, uh, peppers should have been maybe in already if you're going to start those indoors, but mm-hmm. you could still get those done. Um, and then in about a week or 10 days, I'll start the cabbage, the cauliflower, the broccoli. So this is all about getting stuff ready to go outside starting in May. Okay, so in, in people would do this because it's less expensive if you start at a seed level versus wait to get the plant level when you go to your gardening, gardening centers. Um, you can save some money on it, but more importantly, you can find varieties. Um, you can find maybe some cabbage, unusual varieties of cabbage that you won't find in a garden center, um, unusual tomatoes and peppers. Um, I've got about 15 different kinds of peppers that I've started indoors right now, and probably five or six of those 15 are ones that I can't find in garden centers, but I can find the seeds for them online or uh, at my local garden center. So you can, you can just grow things that you could not otherwise grow. Do you, do you have a favorite tomato that you were not going to be able to find that you like to start from um, a seed? You know, you can find the heirlooms. I've been growing them for years. You can find them more readily um, on the market. Um, so some of the heirlooms I really like. Um, I really look for disease-resistant tomatoes as well. So I grow a lot of hybrid um, tomatoes. One I tried last year called Bodacious did really well for me. So I'll be trying that again. Um, but there's hundreds of different tomatoes. So I will probably start about 10 different kinds of tomatoes. I'll plant about four of each in the garden. So I'll have about 40 different tomatoes. I keep records and notes on them. And then some of them make the cut uh, next year. Some don't. I just like to keep trying different things. Um, one of the things I should mention, if you're going to look If you either plant seeds directly in your garden or you're looking to start indoors, you may have a really hard time finding seeds online because the gardening craze, which started a year ago when the pandemic started, is going on now yet, and you can't find seeds online. So I'm really recommending to people, if you can't, if you want to plant directly in your garden or start indoors, go visit your local garden center and get seeds from them. You're going to have uh, better luck finding what you're looking for. And the other thing that's really is delayed in shipping. Um, I ordered some seeds in uh, January, and I actually just got them like a week ago. They were so far behind with shipping. Oh, that's, that's good advice. And we're supporting local our local yeah. community, too. Yeah. yeah. What do you like... Your local- what do you like to grow your things in? I mean, like, do you use egg cartons or what do you use? I, 
I save the little grow trays from year to year. Um, I've done them in egg cartons. I tried doing it where you do it in like half an eggshell. That didn't work so well. No. <laughs> um, egg cartons, egg cartons work well for things that are not going to be growing for a long time. Like I've done marigolds successfully mm-hmm. in egg cartons. Um, but I save the containers from year to year and I wash them out wash them thoroughly in the fall or in the summer after you're done using, get all the dirt off of them. But before you use them again to grow in, you want to sterilize them. And that can be done uh, in your kitchen sink. Just put um, nine parts water to one part bleach. Throw your containers in there. Let them soak for about 10 minutes. Then just pull them out and let them dry. You want to start with sterile, clean containers so you don't um, get uh, damping off disease or other disease problems Mm -hmm. on these plants indoors. Um, that can be a big problem. The other thing that really helps, if, especially if you're using grow lights or in front of a window, wherever you're growing, put a fan blowing on your plants. It does a couple things. The air movement helps prevent disease problems. The other thing it does, it helps get your plants a little sturdier. You know, these plants you start indoors are growing in perfect conditions or near perfect conditions. You take them outside and suddenly, you know, it's wind and it's you know, all this stuff going on. By having a fan blowing on them, you toughen them up a little bit as they're growing. Hmm. Who would ever think yeah, of that's, that, Larry? That's if you're just joining us, we're with Larry Farr talking um, spring gardening. Larry, uh, is there anything, because like now we heard uh, the forecast for this weekend, it's going to be like 60 again, but is there anything that we are doing in our yard or outside? Are we letting everything be? You know, let everything be for okay. a little while, um, even like your hydrangeas and stuff like that. Um, wait wait a few more weeks to cut them back, especially um, perennials and stuff like that. There's a lot of beneficial insects that lay eggs on the stalks of perennials or within shrubs mm-hmm. or in the leaves and the foliage. You go out and clean all that up now, you're getting rid of the um, beneficial insects. So I wait until we at least had a week or 10 days or more of continuous 50-plus degree yeah. days, and then I go out and clean everything up. Okay, one of the things you told us last we spoke with you was that don't touch your indoor plants. Um, it's a great give time. Give them a shower. Give them, give them a that. shower a yep. little bit. But now what? what is, if we need to transplant plants, because I've got plants that are just kind of growing out of the pots. Okay, we, well, is, is it time? Yeah, I'll refresh everybody on the shower now. You can do this again. Take your house plants, put them in the shower, warm water, wash them off, get rid of the dust and all of that that accumulated in the winter. But now you can really, you should leave your plants alone um, as far as transplanting um, most of the year. But now is the best time to transplant them because they're going to start actively growing. So really what you want to do is take that plant out of the existing container, take your fingers and kind of rough up the roots a little bit and then put it in one size bigger container. So let's say your houseplant is in a six-inch container, six-inch terracotta pot right now. You want to move it up to an eight-inch pot. What you don't want to do is go from a six-inch to a 10-inch because you're going to put too much soil around the uh, roots of the plant. Um, You could actually drown the plant by putting more soil around it than it needs. So just move your pot size up one size. So four to six inch, six to eight inch, eight to 10, 10 to 12, um, and then use um, good potting soil, um, houseplant potting soil around that plant. The other thing you start doing now in your houseplants is start fertilizing them. Um, I start fertilizing 
Well, I started last week fertilizing my house plants, and I'll fertilize them up until about Labor Day when they're actively growing. And then I don't fertilize them all winter long. And I also, on that fertilizer, I um, dilute it down a little bit more than what the label says. So I use it like at half strength. So if it says a tablespoon per quart of water, I use half a tablespoon. Okay, so we're talking like miracle Grow or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Mix it at half strength, and now's the time to transplant, and now's the time to fertilize them. And you can also take them back to the shower and give them their spring their spring bath. And that's a good thing to do because if you're anxious to get like out gardening, yes. like look at the garden you might have going on in your house because we tend to be kind of lazy about those plants. I am uh, yeah. anyway. Mine are. Yes. They get. They're Brimming. too big. They're they too all, big. They I all like need four. to be transplanted yeah, big time. So when I, we put it in the shower, because I didn't do this last time, do I do I take the whole pot, I put it in the shower, and I turn on warm water, or do I tilt the plant so it just hits the green stuff instead of the nope, dirt? No, you just you, you do it mm-hmm. when the plant's going to need water anyway. Okay. I just, set, I just line a bunch of plants up in the shower. I make sure the water is warm. I take the hand wand or the hand shower head, and I just wash them all off with warm water. I usually do it like in the afternoon. The next, I let them sit all night. The next morning, I go put them back where they belong. Mm-hmm. It cleans off the dust and dirt. And also, if you've got um, spider mites or aphids on your plants, which are insects, it can help con- control them as well. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm going to it's time because I, I've got one that's overflowing and it's like hitting me in the face when I go down a hallway. It's grown so much this winter. And Plus then, you know, you can go buy some new pots right. if you need them. Right. That's always that it would be something to do outside. And all that's the garden it. stores are open full time now. Yes, every all of them are open. Um, you know, a year ago, things most of them all were shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's open again and uh, getting ready for spring and getting ready for all of us to come back in and start planting and planting our gardens. Um, Larry, I was uh, on your uh, Facebook page, um, Get Growing with Larry Farr. Maybe it was your personal one, but I saw your winter garlic coming up, and I was like, "Damn, I forgot to plant the garlic." You yep, told us uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, you put garlic in ideally in October, um, the early October. Um, I put mine in right before we got the 11 inches of snow last October, unsure if I was going to make it or not, covered it with some straw and leaves, and it's looking great. I will, here, I will promise you some garlic this August after I get oh. it harvested. We're not going to ask you to come out Labor Day to the fair, but if you want to, you can. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of a tradition. <laughs> I know. I know. But It'll we, feel we, even sweeter this, this year, year since we missed last year. That's right. Do you have, is it, okay, now I know this is going to be a blonde, blonde question, I think, but um, when can we start putting like pansies outside and stuff like that? Um, pansies, I would shoot for any time after April 1st. They can handle the cool oh, weather. Yeah. Um, so pansies, um, and there's some other cool weather plants that can go out early. Um, cabbage, cauliflower, broccoli, um, those can go in probably um, middle to end of April going into May. Your tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, cucumbers, the crops that need really warm weather and, more importantly, really warm soil, I don't even think about putting any of those in until May 15th. Sometimes I even wait until Memorial Day. Um, So many people buy buy tomatoes, you know, really early, put them in the ground. They don't like that cold soil. It's like us standing, you know, in a cold bathtub or ice water or something Mm -hmm. like that. So you're really better off planting them later than earlier, and you might actually get 
tomatoes. I've tried this. I've planted tomatoes the last week of April, the first week of May, um, the second week of May. The ones I planted at the end of May outperformed those that were planted earlier. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. And if people want to follow you, they can go to Growing with Larry on Facebook? Uh, On Facebook, it's Get Growing with Larry Farr. And on Instagram, it's Get Growing MN, as in Minnesota. So, yeah, I'm posting lots and lots of content uh, to both of those right now. Yeah. Lots of things to uh, think about and do if you uh, follow those pages. Yeah. Well, we love talking to you. And when we last talked to you, you had given us great ideas for, you know, things that we could plant. And then our our, um, winter boxes of oh, yes. whatever are we do you, do you think we should just go ahead and dismantle our window boxes that have birch and you know the all the kind of wintry stuff and and just get rid of that yes yeah yep. okay. it's time to clean out your winter planters okay. it's time to take uh the pumpkins that are in front of your house and <laughs> time to take your uh voting your candidate signs out of yeah. the yard. <laughs> Time to clean it up a little bit. I took all my stuff out because it was done yeah. last week, and I'm just like, I'm done. Yeah, no, I got. I have to do that, but yep. I was looking at my window box, but then it did look pretty again in the snow. Right. One more time. Yeah, right. Yes, one more time. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know, in the next week or so, you'll be able to take all that out. It's going to warm up again. They always look so empty and sad. Yes. We're in the, know, just I, in between. Get the pansies and put them in and some of the other cool weather stuff, and it'll look great again. Yeah, that's oh. true. I, I, I do like doing doing so the do pansies, I. but then I take them out to put in the begonias, you know? Well, then you yeah, take them out and move the pansies somewhere shady, or uh, and you'll get another six weeks or eight weeks out of them. Oh, really? I, then, now, that's a why didn't I think of that? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I didn't either. You don't have to think of that. You've got me for You've that. Got you, I'm so excited that we're, we started following you now. Get Growing Minnesota with uh, Larry Farr. Larry, it's so great to talk well, to you. Well, when's going to be the next time we should talk to you? Yes. Like, it will Please. be May? Uh, no, let's do it in about another month. Another okay. month? Okay. All right, yeah, we'll schedule Tomorrow, some of what I talked about today, I'll be doing uh, on Twin Cities Live tomorrow afternoon. All okay, right. perfect. All right. Well, DVR to see your smiling face, Larry, and thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Take care. Listen, when we come back, uh, we've got some music news. Dolly does it again, and Billie Eilish did it for the first time. That's Kelly Clarkson doing a... Wow. Really kind of a torchy version, although the song Wicked Game by Chris Isaacs is a torchy song. That remember when we didn't we see him at the Target Center? No, at the um Orpheum. Yes, that's where we saw him. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Yeah. Anyway, so she's uh back. I'm you know, she had a couple weeks off, so I'm back keeping an eye on what she's singing. (laughs) And uh for you guys, because I I know you didn't ask for it, but I it is part of my job of being the talk show host who tries to keep up on all the talk shows. I, listen, I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> but I do like that. I love that. I love that song, and I thought she did a good job she with that. She did do a good job. Okay, so in uh, my recent, the People magazine that just came out on this past week, first of all, we know Dolly Parton is a goddess. Full oh, stop. Very, okay. She really is. She's timeless, treasure. transcending, mm-hmm. national treasure, all the accolades. Not only did Dolly get uh, one of the uh, COVID vaccines, the Moderna one, okay. on the street, she donated a million dollars to research right away yes, she did. in the middle of March yep. last year because they need cold, hard cash to get the yep. get funding going. And um, so when she posted last week, 
the photo of her getting her vaccine, singing her little song. She once again accidentally um, made a trend that you and I have always loved. We've longed, thought it was sort of a single and mingling uh, shirt. The uh, And they're calling it, we've always called it, the cold shoulder. Oh, yeah. Because of Dolly wearing a cold shoulder to get her shot where you don't have to roll sure, up a sleeve. Sure, sure, sure. They're calling it the vaccine shirt or okay, the vaccine funny. blouse. Okay, so it, we can, it can come back around again. It's we can coming, have the cold shoulder. It's sexy. I and love it is a that. signal. It is a signal. It is a flashy kind of a fun. I'm not a flashy, but it is kind of a fun way. And it looks cute with jeans, leggings. Skirts, I loved that look. We I, always have, and I've never have thrown mine out. Never, we have because a variety. We really do, and I like that. Oh, that's so funny. So people are posting their photos of their cold shoulder shirts, and it's just basically it's like a teardrop at your shoulder, yep. Rocco, about right to your arm, okay. maybe the middle of your arm. So it's like. It's, it's arm cleavage. I don't know why it's, <laughs> it's sexy, sexy, but women think it's sexy. I don't know if men I don't know think if it men is. Do. We just like it because but it was usually, a different way to show your arm without showing your arm. Like well, it. and it always usually has a scoop neck. Yeah, there's a good neckline. It's a, it's a. I don't know. Anyway, so people are posting getting their vaccines. In their Dolly vaccine shirt. Yeah, I shirt. see I, Christy Brinkley wearing hers. Yeah. Wearing hers. You know, so when we get ours, Julia, we have plenty we have, of cold shoulder shirts. Yes, we do. We got to wear them and then we'll take those photos. Yeah, and okay. you know who really popular, because uh, the look has been gone in and out and it comes back and it comes back. But Donna Karen, oh, that was a yes. signature look for her with Barbara Streisand. Yes. Dresses in yes. the cold shoulder, you know, all of that. So yes. anyway, she has... The shoulder cutout is the vaccine shirt. So that's that's, happening. So if you want to dress fashionably when you go get vaxxed, right now we've had 2 million COVID-19 vaccine shots in Minnesota administered. And that means about 23% of Minnesotans have at least one dose. Very good. 76% of seniors. I'm waiting. Mm -hmm. We're waiting. The rest of us are waiting. It sounds like it's going to be in the next couple weeks. Uh, On Wednesday, uh, which is today, Billie Eilish uh, showed off. She shagged up her haircut and she got rid of the neon green roots that she's had for two years, which is when you're 19, that is a long time to keep. It's a commitment. It's to keep that look. And she looks... So great. She's just she's just blonde. She wanted a, she looks good. A, a new do and a new start. And I really, 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 really like it. I mean, it's it's she's such a pretty. Oh, my word. Her makeup at the so Grammys pretty. because she did the non makeup makeup mm-hmm. look and just really wore mascara and just a pale liner. She looked gorgeous. She's really pretty. She, yes. How old is she? 20? She's 19. She's 19. She's really pretty. Yeah. Wow. And well, she wore a wig, I guess, at the Grammys. Oh, she did? Yeah. And she's been covering up her scalp. Remember, she wore a wig and then... She had the hat on. She had like a mesh cap. Yes, she did. So... That matched her shirt. It was Gucci. I think an overdose of chemicals to get that green has shredded her hair. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if she's got some, you know, extensions or something in, but... um she, she looks good. Yeah, I know. So I like that. And then Ariana Grande has settled her plagiarism suit over seven rings with with the rapper, the guy she took it from. Yes. That is, um, 
he sued her and she settled with them. And uh, basically, none of Seven Rings was original. Just so you know, it was constructed from other really people's. Saved- well, you know, oh, it's Sound of Music. Sound of Music. My favorite. Right. Uh, oh, my right, favorite right, things. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Okay. So it's it was my favorite things, and we thought all the royalties were going to that estate. And uh, Rogers and Hammerstein for the youngins, they were the most famous Broadway songwriters. They also wrote the Sound of Music. Yes, they did. And Oklahoma. Yes, they did. So, but mm-hmm. uh, a rapper named Dot, aka Josh Stone, sued Ariana, and so she settled right, with good. him. Well, here's something that's coming out. When I would say, "What do you think of the new combo, Dariana?" Mm-hmm. Who do you think I'm talking about? Dariana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Collaboration. Darius music. Rucker. And Ariana? No, it, it doesn't work. I okay. should say... Daryl De- Hall. I should say Demiana. Well, Lovato. Demi Lovato and Ariana right. Grande. But they spelled it Dariana. Oh. But it should... Those two are coming out with something on April 2nd. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to... I read a... Uh, or Yeah, I think it was in Rolling Stone and Enter- Entertainment Tonight about this Demi Lovato, this docu-series that she... It's out. She uh, is, like, laying everything out there, and it's like, whoa. Right, and she's Shocking. basically said, I'm going to say everything, and if we want to edit it out later, we can, but I'm putting it all out there. 